Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 77th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're going back into the 80s. Former defender Ali Robertson, 136 appearances for the Wolves in a very successful period between 1986 and 1990. Ali, how are you, my friend? Great, Jay. Thanks ever so much for giving us a call. Hey, Ali, listen, you're welcome. I know you was probably on. It was probably knocking on eight to 12 months ago when we when we spoke about your best 11. I did promise I'd have you back on because you have got, uh, you know, a, a, an amazing story, especially at that pivotal time in, in Wolves history. Um, yeah. But as all the supporters listening, you have got a very, still hold a very broad Scottish accent. Um and I believe you was born in a place called Phillipstown in Scotland, and there's only a population there of 300. That's right, that's right. And it's Phillipstoun, not Phillipstown. Oh, sorry, Phillipstoun. <laughs> yeah, S-T-O-U-N, Phillipstoun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, whereabouts in Scotland is that, Ali? It's about 14 miles west of Edinburgh and about 35 miles to Glasgow. Okay, it's okay. Just if, if people know the Fourth Road Bridge, we're about seven miles from the Fourth Road Bridge on the Edinburgh side. Okay. L- and lovely, lovely. We were so lucky to be brought up in so fantastic area. Absolutely brilliant. So, brilliant. I mean, I take it there's there's a lot of countryside there. I take it it's quite rural. Yeah, yeah. It's all farmers and everything was to do with the countryside. Um, all the little villages were actually made up later on in time because of the mining that was there. Yes. Like my dad was a miner for 47 years, a shale miner. Right. And that's why all the little villages were built up, because of the mining. Got you, got you, got you. Now, I I, um, I, I do know, I did a little bit of research, Ali. Um, I'm not sure if you had a telly in your house, but you do come from a very, very big family of six sisters and five brothers. There was actually 12 of you. Yes, that's right. And I was the second youngest, so I got I got all the hand me down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but to this day, sad to say, mum and dad have died. Yes. But three 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 sisters have died of cancer as well. Oh, um, but, I'm sorry to hear that, Ali. Every t- every time we go up to Scotland, we all get together, and it's brilliant. Oh, I... uh, how, how can I say? It? My two brothers still live in the village. In 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 Philipston. In Philipston. You go back up. Yeah. There's no pub. Yeah. There's no shop. There's, there's a bowling green and a football pitch. Right. And that's it. And that's it. So, Nothing else. I take it your earliest memories then were actually playing football on that football pitch? All we did was play football. Yeah. Now, all I remember is a kid, eight, nine-year-old, there used to be a chair at the bus stop. Yeah. And there used to be this, this big wall that was going to the... The minister's house, and I used to whack the ball against this wall. Yeah. One touch and whack it underneath the the seat, and I, I used to do that all night. And that was because there was nothing else to do. Yes. And then we all would go on the pitch and play at crossing and heading. And the great thing, do you remember Colin Steen that played for Rangers and Coventry in Scotland? Right. I I, 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 I do remember the name. I don't remember the player, but I remember the name. 
he he was he was in the village, but he was like five years older than me. Right. And uh, it's quite funny that when we all played, he was a lot stronger than any one of us, and he used to knock us over, kick us, this, that, whatever. Yeah. And then he got transferred to Coventry, and Willie Johnson and Colin are still best friends. They're still great friends, and we still meet each other when we, when we got to Scotland. And I said in the preset when we were there in the, the Coventry game, and Colin was playing. I said, "By the way, lads, I'm marking Colin Steen. I owe him too many things from when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I might get sent off today. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get him back. <laughs> and to be fair, I kicked ten bales out of him. Yeah. But at the end of the game, he come and we put our arms around each other, shook our hands, and everything. He says." You're not that little virgin that I used to play against in the park, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what's what's actually you know strange, Ali? Is is you was in this this Phillips Dune? Uh, I hope I pronounce it right in Scotland. How on earth did you get spotted by by West Bromwich Albion when you are really playing football in almost the back of beyond? Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the great thing was we went to Bridgend Public School. That was a little primary school, Bridgend Public. <laughs> Yeah, and that was a good side, and I was lucky that when I was eight or nine, I was playing in the. It was only under elevens then. Yes. Well, I, I could get in the team, and it was it was so great for me to have big brothers that when I played against older people, it didn't bother me. You was used to it. All, all my brothers would knock me over and tackle and do everything. Yes. Anyway, so that didn't bother me. But we had a good team at, at Bridgend. But then we went to the Lithgow Academy. Yeah. And the academy, we had a great side. Yeah. And the good thing was, and this is this is how silly football can be. We played the first year. We played against. We got drawn against this side in Edinburgh, and we got beat. This school beat us twelve nil. Yeah. And we could. And Graham Soonis was in the side. We couldn't <laughs> believe this side. But the following year, we played them again. Yeah. And we beat them four nil. It just shows you how much things can also build up in time yes and how how lads get better and some don't yes and was you sent and off that day Ali? I used, to, I used to play all over I'd be midfield I'd be set a half I'd be all I'd be all over the place because the, the lad who used to do the coaching or the, the training with us at school Mr Guthrie he he actually used to come and I used to help him pick the side yes and he used to say to us, come on, what's, what, what we've got to do? What we've got to pick the side? How do you think you've got to play today? You've got to play midfield or you've got to play in the back? And we used to, used to mess it about. Yeah. And on Friday afternoon, I used to always miss the last class because I was, I was with him, uh, sorting out the team. And it was brilliant. <laughs> and, and how on earth did you get spotted by West Brom? Well, again, Lenithgow Academy, yeah. we had got to this final and we played it in Armadale. And a hip scout saw me at Armadale. Yes. And then, I, then when I was thirteen, I used to train at Hibs. Yeah. I, I wouldn't sign for them. I used to try. I used to train on Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. Then, then I was so lucky. I played for Uphall Saints on a Saturday. Yeah. And up Uphall Saints again. We were the best team. We used to play against all the Edinburgh sides, but we used to win everything. Yes. We had a great side. We had a great side. All good lads. And uh, because of that, you then had a lot of teams looking at the, those play for those uh, teams yeah but the big thing for me I got picked for Scottish schoolboys yeah and then the minute I got picked for Scottish schoolboys we played England down at Tottenham the first game we yeah. beat England 2-1 
And it's so funny that after the game, Bill Nicholson, who was manager, got Graham Souness and me upstairs and tried to sign us. Right. But and I wouldn't sign because I was terrified of London. London was too big a place for me. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I couldn't understand that, and Graham signed for them. And then from that onwards, I could have gone to Chelsea, I could have gone to Arsenal, I could have gone to about 17 clubs. Right. But I don't know what it was. The big cities frightened me. Yes. And the only scout that I trusted was this Hugh Bailey from the Albion. Right. He was a Scottish lad. He was a Scottish lad. Yeah. And he must, he must have come to our house, I don't know how many times. Yeah. And he used to talk to you. He used to talk to me about. By the way, if you don't listen and learn, you won't get on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What you must remember is now is you're the best player about here. When you join West Brom, there'll be sixteen of you exactly the same. Yes. And now it, now it depends. Now how you listen and learn will depend how you go up. Yes. And he he just seemed to be. He was never saying to me, "You've been the first team at eighteen, nineteen, twenty." We're other other scouts were coming. Oh, you play this. You'll be in the first team. You'll be this. You'll be that. Yeah. And he was the one that, for some reason, I trusted. He broke my dad's heart because my dad wanted me to go to Rangers. Right. But, but I didn't think I was good enough. No. I, I wasn't a very positive kid. Right. And I just, I just didn't think I was good enough to go to Rangers. And I say, I kept on saying my dad, but dad, I won't get in the first team. I says with him. I says. How will I get in the face? My dad kept saying, you will. And I said, no, dad, I don't think I will. And I then signed for Albion and, and went down. And who did you support growing up then, Ali? Rangers. Rangers. I was Rangers mad. All, all my brothers to this day, they're all Rangers mad. Oh, got you. And uh, they, they were the same. Why on earth are you not signing for Rangers? But again, this is, this is when you look back on life, how easy or bad that you could fall into something. Yeah. I remember Charlton come in and try to sign me, and they offered my dad ten thousand pound. Back then, well, in 1968, ten thousand pound. My brother had just bought a house in Philipson for eight hundred pound. <laughs> he could have, so your dad could right? have bought the street. So he could have bought us all a house. <laughs> he could have bought ten houses. No way. Right? And my dad threw him out. Threw him out the door. Don't try and take my son. Get out the door and he threw him out the house. No way. Yeah, threw him out the house. And, and like you look back and you think to yourself, how on earth could he do that? Yes. When we had nothing. Uh, that's the thing, Gally. And, 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 and it's quite funny. I met the lad two years later. Yeah. When we played Charlton, and he actually said, he says, you didn't understand what we were trying to do. He says we knew that you had gone to Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and a year's two years time. We would have sold you for 100000 and you would have got more money. But you know what, Ali? If you look back now across, across you know, the sands of time, you, you only played for two clubs in your career, um, two of, of, of two with a huge rivalry against each other. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, was a, you became pro at West Brom in September 1969. I believe you was there right. for, I got it wrong, I said 17 years, but you was there for 18 but, years. Well, 17 professional years, and I was there for a year. I signed in August the year before, 68. Yes. Now, I mean, how many games did you play in all competitions for West Brom Alley? I think for all, I think John Homer was telling me we played about 662, I think. Now, that is incredible. I, the think, re- there's five, I think there's 500 and 
nine or something league games. Yes. But with all the cup games and the, all the other bits, it was uh, 662, I think. I mean, that is remarkable. So, just to put that into context, the record appearance holder for Wolves is Derek, oh, yeah, yeah. Derek Parkin, who I believe yeah. is 609 appearances for Wolves and I mean you, you you know you've you've eclipsed that with with your appearances at West Brom but are you the I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this are you the record appearance holder at West no, Brom no Bombers Bombers Tony Brown played about 80 games more <laughs> you being heck? See, I, I was I was unlucky in a way that yeah. when I was 18 I broke my leg and I was out for a year so yes. I missed I'd got in the first team broke my leg and then I was out for a year and a half, so I missed a year and a half. Yes. Then, Don Howcom, I was dropped for a year. Right. And then, 83, I ended up in hospital to have a thigh operation. I was out for six months with that as well. So if you... And you look back, I probably missed three years of games. Which is which, which, which back then would have been the equivalent to about 150 games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's just fantastic. I mean, listen, we know this is a Wolves podcast, but to, to play at a club for a, for a prolonged period, nearly two decades, one, you must hold that club in great affection, um, and, and I'm sure you do, and, and, and two, what was what was that era like? Because you played in throughout the 70s, and there was the, the great, the three degrees, uh, obviously Laurie Cunningham, Brendan Batson, yeah. and Cyril Regis. What, what, what was it like, that era at West Brom? It was great to be part. I was lucky that Alan Ashman was a manager and he, he was the one that got me started. Yes. And I was I was 17 and a month old when I played my, made my debut against Man United. Yeah. 40, 45,000 crowd. <laughs> and against George Best, Bobby Charlton. And you think, how lucky you are. And it was actually on the telly that night. Yeah. It was, it was actually on the telly. But can you imagine in this day and age... Uh, my digs were in Handsworth at the time. Oh. And we were in Hilltop at the time. Yeah, Hilltop, yeah. And I had to get the 75 bus to the ground. Can you imagine somebody turning up against Man United in this day and age On the and bus. getting a local bus from, from the digs to the ground? And, and, and to be honest, Ali, you're quite right. That wouldn't happen. And, and the reality is you, you've come from... Uh, a village in Scotland with a population of three hundred, and the next thing you, you you're playing in front of one of the you know the greatest sides ever in English football, yeah. that the the you know the George Best Man United side, and you're playing in yeah. front of forty five thousand people. That must have been a real eye opening experience for you as a young man. Again, for me, he told me on the Friday, and I couldn't wait. And this is this is again, it was so funny. You know? My mum and dad didn't have a phone. Right. So I, I had to phone Mrs. McDonald, who we were at number seven, yeah. they were at number three. So yeah. I had to phone them and get my dad up. And my dad says, oh, I know about I know about it. I know. I've already been told. I went, oh, you know. I went, yeah. The uh, Albion have sent me. I've, the, we've talked to each other. We know we're coming down tomorrow to watch it. Oh, brilliant. And like, my mum, that was the first time, the next morning, they flew my mum and dad down to uh, Birmingham. Oh. That's the first time. My dad, the first time my dad was in a plane was when, when I signed for the Albion. Yes. They flew me, my dad and my two brothers to Wembley to watch them play against Everton. Was, that wasn't the 68 Cup final, was 68 it? 68 no? Cup final, yeah. Yeah, flipping heck. And, and you can imagine, here's us from so poor a background. Yeah. We're at Park Lane Hotel. Yeah. And sitting for dinner, there's like five knives, five forks. <laughs> and I'm looking at, and I'm saying to my dad, 
what do we do here, Dad? He says, just look at everybody else. What everybody else is doing, just follow them. <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting there. And then, of course, we go, we're sitting there. And the scout was talking to me. Because he, he, he come down. Well, he had already been down there. Yes. He come to our table. And he says, now, there's two players that you've got to match and get up with. And it was Asa Hartford and Lincoln Teller. Right. They were just like a year and a bit older. Yeah. And he says, they're the best two. Now, that's when you start training. Those are the two you've got to get on getting the same standard as them. And that's how it was. And then we got the final, we watched the game, and I can still remember this. And I'll remember this to my dying day. I remember this sitting there with my dad, and I'm saying to my dad, Dad, how on earth am I going to get me that team with those two? Like it was John Talbot and John Kay, the centre half and centre half and uh, sweeper. Yes. And I went, Look at the two of them, they're brilliant, Dad. How am I going to get in this team? I've probably done something wrong now. He went, No. I'm telling you now, in three, four years' time, those two will be ready to retire and you'll be taking their place. And spot on to the time I was in taking their place. And it was great for my dad to have said that. Yes. And later on he says, I told you so, I knew that. There there you are. Flipping egg. So effectively, you knew all along? Yes. And uh, and it's like you say, to have done that, and Matt Buzz, the the, uh, manager and everything, on the telly, actually say that was one of the best uh, debuts he's seen is from a youngster. So, and of course, that made your day as well. Yes. And we were so lucky that... But having said that, how... And this is what, this is what I took to rules. The great thing was the camaraderie within the whole team was yes. brilliant. We, we... we had the first team, the second team and the third team. But I'll tell you what, the camaraderie between everybody was brilliant. Now, uh, Ali, um, was, like I said, you was there for 18 years at West Brom. Was, before the move to Wolves, was there ever talk of transfers to other clubs? Was there ever, um, you know, other clubs coming in for you and sort of trying to bend your ear? Because, you know, when you've played even for four or five years at a club as a regular first team, surely there's, there's, there's other opportunities. Yeah. Well, when I was young, when I was 19... I got back in the team. Yeah. Uh, fr- when when um, Alan Ashman got the sack and Don Howe took over, he was trying to get McClintock into West Brom. Yeah, Frank and McClintock. I was going, and I was going, yeah, and I was going to Arsenal. Okay. And then something happened with the deal. I don't know what happened. Something happened, and I kept saying to my dad, "But I don't want to go anyway, Dad." Yes. Yeah. They were going. Well, it's already done, I think. But there's something happened. Where McClintock couldn't agree terms or something. It was Got all you. called up. And then later on in life, 79, this is the only time really I would have left the Albion and absolutely loved it. Big Ron was manager and my dad had just got cancer and Rangers come in for me. And I thought, oh, please, Bobby Hope was telling me because he was one of the best friends with John Gregg and he was going, John Gregg wants you. So we started talking and he said, I'm going to help offer good money for you yeah and so I remember them offering the money and Big Ron turned it down oh. and I went into I went into Big Ron and I just says Ron please for my dad can you just let, not let me go yeah and he, he went they're not offering enough money I went it's 375 grand they're offering I went I've been here from for my kid for nothing yes I says good God he says now nah. he says and Rangers would only go up a little bit more than the season. Now we can't afford it, and that's the only move that I would love to have done. 
for, for my dad and go and play in Rangers. That would have been brilliant. It was so funny. Later on, we, we went up to Scotland in this, the tenant Caledonian and we played Rangers. Yeah. And so funny, all my brothers and that are at the game but they're all supporting Rangers. And I'm going, you can't support Rangers. Your brother's on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ali, growing up, like you said, a blue, a dream for your dad, that, that really would have been a dream move, wouldn't it? I mean, you oh, know, Christ, yeah. you, 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 you could have easily had another good six or seven years at Rangers, won a bit of silverware, because I don't want to remind you of this, but as it's no. a Wolves podcast, I might have to. At West Brom, in those <laughs> 19 years, can you tell me, um, can you tell me what silverware you won? I won the Staffordshire Cup in the uh, <laughs> reserves. <laughs> I mean, listen, Ali, I, I jest. Look, what an amazing no, career at West Brom. That's the one thing. No, that's the one thing. All the like, we keep in contact all together. Yes. And the one thing we all said, we all had a great side and everything, but we didn't win anything. Yeah. That is the saddest part of it all. You had Cyril, Laurie, Brendan. We had John Well. You had. Derek Statham, Brian yes. Robson, Lincoln Taylor, Tony Brown. And like you look and you think, Ali Brown, them all up the front. The team that they had was fantastic. But every time we got to a semi-final, we just didn't turn up. Oh. And we went to three we got to three semi-finals and we just didn't turn up. And then we got to the quarter-final of the UEFA Cup. And again, we just never turned up. Oh. And it was one of those things that we all looked and you yes. think to yourself, how on earth is every semi-final we just did not play at all? Yeah. And you actually felt that you'd let the fans down. Well, listen. And like for, for me to go to Wolves and get to the semi-final and win and get to Wembley, and it was only at the time that cop really meant nothing to anybody. Yeah. But to to do that with the Wolves and get to Wembley, you think, how fantastic is this? Well, well listen, how Ali... On, that is the exact point I was coming to because although there was disappointment at West Brom, in, in four years at Wolves, you made 136 appearances, virtually in ever-present, sort of every season you were there. In those four years, you won uh, three medals. Um, I mean, after after 18 years at West Brom, how difficult is it to cross the divide from, you know, it wasn't far to go just down the M5, but how difficult is it after you were revered at that club, you're there for nearly two decades, you're an absolute legend there, and for them, effectively, you could have undone all that hard work by that move to Wolves. How big a decision was that to make? For me, it was the saddest day of my life. Nothing to do with Wolves. Yes. Because I had left Albion under the biggest cloud ever. Right. That's... Ron Saunders was manager. He come in as manager. Yeah. I was captain. And the day he come in, he just, he never talked one word to me. The first team he put up on the board, he put up about 20 players that were playing. Yeah. And I've gone to George right in the physio. I says, George, my name's not on the uh, team sheet. He went, I know. And he doesn't want you to come to the game. You're not going to let you in the game. I mean, you what? He says, he's not going to let you in the game. So anyway, so that was me dropped. So he says, I don't want you to come to the game. And this, that, and so I went home to Scotland for Friday night and stayed, come back. And I, I said to my brothers and everybody, I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to work my things off and I'm yeah. going to prove him wrong. Come back into training Monday morning, sit in training. He puts the first team up, second team up. 
And I'm going, where am I? Oh, you're training on your own. He made me train on my own and do all the bits and all the things. And you think, how on earth, every time I tried to go to his office and talk to him, he wouldn't talk to me. Well, and you think, what on earth? If I'd been a bad professional, yes, yes I can see that he, what he did. But the one thing I will say, the one thing in my life, I would have fought for whoever was my manager, whoever it was, and the club, I would have fought for. Now, no way would I be bad in training or bad at ever. I was very good at all the, that side. I mean, Ali, what... if anybody, if anybody wasn't good at training, yes, I'd be one of the first ones to say, "Oi, come on, get so, yourself going." And this is what I can't understand. So after you know nearly twenty years at a club, why do you think that? Listen, Ron Saunders, um, obviously great manager. Uh, you know, very experienced. Um, listen, Eden Wolf, several favours. You know, he sold. You set well, or you know, you joined Wolves. Uh, Bully, Tomo, Robbie Dennison. Yeah. Listen, yeah. he let some good players go. What do you think his thought process was, particularly with yourself after such a distinguished and you know uh, a time of longevity at West Brom for you to, to 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 make that move? What what do you think his thought process was in in wanting to almost get you out of the club? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I, I, at time, I just thought, does he think I've got too much say in the dressing room or something? Right. Is that is that the problem? But if I just come in. We we played Bedworth in our pre-season friendly, and all the players that were in the team were were, were out of the team. Uh, was myself, Tony Grealish, Emery Varadi, Garth Crooks. There was about Tony Gordon. There was about eight of us. Uh, Phil Nichol was. We're all fair. Jimmy Nichol, yeah, uh, we're all out of the team, but and we were we were playing in this reserve this reserve time, and uh, at the end of the game we drew I think we drew one one and the referee says right we'll play penalties, so they said to me take a penalty I says well I shouldn't be taking a penalty I says these young kids are coming through, these lads should be taking the penalties so anyway they've done that then when when we finished and we all went back in the dressing room. They actually went berserk because Emily Varadi and Garth Crooks, they had been taken off at half time. Yeah. And they had gone home. They had gone home. Yeah. And and I said to her, I says, hold on, I says, whatever they've done, you should be giving them the biggest rollicking of their life yeah. on Monday morning. But today, there's eight of these young kids here played absolutely brilliant. Yes. So we should be praising them. Yeah. Don't start telling us what to do. And I've gone, I'm not telling you what to do. I said, I'm just saying, these young kids should be getting well done, lads, well done, well done. And then Monday morning, when those two come in, give them the biggest rollick in their life. But what was, so we just, that was it, the game was finished. Me and Tony Gordon and Tony Grealish all went out after, as you all did. I got a few beers in the neck. Yeah. Got to bed. Well, when, when Saunders took over, he made Clive Whitehead captain. Well, Clive and me were good friends. So on a Sunday, Clive used to phone me and tell me how the game's gone on and what's happened and this, that, whatever. But he could take off Saunders. You wouldn't know who it was. Right. You could not know. So anyway, on that Sunday morning, I woke up, bad head, this, that, whatever. The missus gone, Ron Saunders is on the phone. So I've gone, oh, it's Clive. Tell me sod off. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've picked the phone up and all I had was, 9.30, I went, ah, oh, sod off, and put the phone down. So about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I phoned Clive. Hi, Clive, how are you, son? What were you on about this morning? I said, you don't phone that early, what's up? 
He went, I haven't phoned you. I said, stop taking the mickey. I said, yeah. But he went, no. He said, I haven't phoned you. I went, oh, God, it must have been Saunders. So I turned up at the ground at 9.30, and Dave Matthews, who was a kit lad at the time. Oh, Dave Matthews, come, yeah. Yeah, he's come to me and he's gone, where are you getting transferred to? Uh, you are. He says, where are you getting transferred to? I says, what do you mean? He says, well, here's all your boots and everything. I went, oh, <laughs> well, I don't know anything. They'll just go in and he just say to me, here's, I'm signing up, I'm signing you up, up your contract, we're paying you all your money, off you go, out you go, get. And I went, but I don't want to leave. I says, I'm happy being here. I've got another two years of my contract. I said, I kept on saying, I'm going to prove you wrong, that I'm going to make it in this team, and I'm going to prove you wrong that I'm good enough. You're not, because you're going. And then I always remember going out the door, then he threw me out. The chairman come down, said, look, he come down, he said, now we've got to pay you up, this, that, the manager wants you out. I remember phoning Brendan, he was working for the PFA. Yeah. And Brendan says, as long as they pay your contractor, there's nothing you can do. If that's there, you've got to pay that, you're out your door. And, and he paid it, and I went into my car, drove home crying. I bet. And then I th- as I was driving home, I thought, and I turned around, I, dro- I drove back, and I went into his office, and I just said to him, if I ever see you anywhere outside, yeah. I'll kill you. I says, because <laughs> what you've done to me here is disgraceful. I says, why can't you just find me a club and I'll leave? And the more I told me to get out the door. And, and, and the, Go on, sorry, Ellie. And, and that was it. That was it. Me finished. I went home. And it finished me with the Albion. It made me feel that every person, directors, everything, they could not care a soul about you. And just beforehand, the same thing had happened to Bomber. They let Bomber go. And like, Bomber didn't want to leave. And they just more or less let Bomber go. Now, ev- everybody says when you get older and you get to that age where the manager doesn't want you, it's horrible. And that is one thing that I, I found out very much. And it was. It, it was horrible. And I always remember when Sid Lucas, I got the thing I was leaving, I just said, I hope wherever I go, I says, because you lot are going to get relegated. I said, oh, wherever I go, I hope, because I'll be going to the second or third division or whatever. Yeah. I says, I hope we pass each other on the way. I says, because you'll be going down. But I'll leave it there. And I walked out. And I then met the lads afterwards and cried my eyes out, this, that, whatever. And... We all just say, well, it's one of those, you just got to get on. And he says, what have you got to go to? And I says, well, nothing, because I didn't know it was happening. And Nobody knew it was happening. And, but Ali, at that particular time, you're 34 years of age. I mean, this is yeah. this is 1986. And as one door closes, another door opens. And the biggest move of them all, Ali Robertson joined the Wolves. And I believe it was Brian Little that signed you, wasn't it, Ali? That's right, Brian Little. It come to me that night, I actually said to him, I said, Brian, how can I come to the Wolves? I said, come on. <laughs> How on earth can I come to the Wolves after yeah. being 18 years at the Albion? <laughs> he says, well, I went there and I had been at the Villa. I says, no, but Villa and the Wolves are not like Albion and the Wolves. Yeah. He says, well, why don't you come as, well, come as player coach? Yeah. I says, so it's not just a player, come as a player coach. I went, oh, that sounds a bit better. So I said, go on, go on then. And it's a horrible thing to say, but I could have gone to... Peter Brother tried to get me and who else was it? Luton and I were trying to get me. And I just, I thought to myself, this is a horrible thing to say. Yeah. It's going to be easy for me that I don't have to move house. I don't have to do it. Yeah, of course. The kids are still at school. Everything's there. I can just go there. But the biggest thing then, I turned up at training 
the morning. Yeah. Comes in, and Brian Little's put me in the uh, manager and coach's room. I'm not in. I'm not with the players. Now this is the first time ever. I'm not with the players. Yes. So I'm in there. It turns up. So where's my kit? He's going. Haven't you got any kit? I go, well, <laughs> you wolves have got the kit, haven't you? Well, because the club was in so yeah. bad a situation, there was no kit. Nothing. I had to leave, drive back to West Brom, go to Dave Matthews and I say, Dave Matthews, Dave, I need a lot of kit. So give us give us some more football boots. And I say, I need some kit, but I can't have blue and white. <laughs> Whatever else you've got, I can't have blue and white. Right. He gave me all this, he gave me all this kit. So I did then turned up for training. That was me then. We started. And then within a week, I remember coming home and saying to myself, what on earth have I done? Yeah. What the whole club was falling apart. The ground was falling apart. There was holes in the ground. There was holes in the roof. There was mice. There was rats. There was no kit. And then you think, and then when you started looking at the players that were there, and no disrespect to them, yeah. but I'd been playing with first division players. Yeah. I couldn't believe how low the club was and, and, it, that... and I always remember I always remember phoning Bobby Hopop who was manager of Bromsgrove at the time yeah and I says that's his to Bobby I says half of this lot wouldn't get in your team and and, 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 it... and at that particular time that was on the back of three successive relegations um yes you, you're quite right the club was was in a disarray financially um the, the stadium was dropping to pieces but almost instantaneously um it's <laughs> Yes, after Brian Little went and Graham Turner come along, it, it, the, the transformation happened pretty quickly, you know, on and off the pitch. And listen, you'd won nothing, and I, you know, I, I don't want to remind you of this, in 18 years at West Brom. And then in that 87-88 season, you won the league, fourth division. Then it was Wembley. Then you won it again in 88-89 and got promoted. You, you must have immense pride on the role that you played as club captain um, in in some almost shepherding the club um, as you would, you know, up the leagues, three, you know, three medals, three trophies. That must have that must have been amazing, especially after you walked through the door and thought what I'd walked into. If you had asked me that two weeks after I'd been joined, and you say, oh, in three years' time you're going to win this place, I would go, are you dreaming? <laughs> <laughs> but but having said that, I asked took training and you started watching you could see the ones that wanted and the ones that didn't want yes but but because I used to say to Brian and we used to say him 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 and Brian says we can't do anything we can't buy anybody in we can't get anybody this is what we've got to make the best with yeah but but the great thing was then it's a horrible thing to say but when we just actually started to turn it around you could see things starting to happen yes and then we go up, where did we go away? We went away somewhere and we won on the Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. And we won. And on on the way, I'm driving on the way back home and he's phoned me. He says, I've just had the sack. I went, you what? He said, I've just had the sack. He said, well, who's coming in? He said, don't know. And I'm going, I don't believe it. We've actually just, we've actually, you can yeah. see things starting to happen. And he's gone, I thought, bloody hell, what do I do? But what the funniest thing was next, and this is to me to this day, I will never, ever stop laughing yeah. at how brilliant, brilliant it was. I've come into training and I've thought, well, if, 
he's not the manager anymore. Where do I sit? Where do I go? Yes. And I've gone, I better go back in the uh, players' room. So I go in the players' room and I'm saying to the lads, so where's my peg? And Barnsley and John Purdy and Mickey Holmes, he's oh, you've got your peg there. I went, where? They put all my stuff in the toilet. <laughs> so, so I had to change in the toilet for a week. He said, when we think you're one of the lads, yeah. we'll let you in the dressing room. <laughs> so for a week, I had to change in the toilet. Yeah. Do that. But to me, that was fun. Yes. It was nothing nasty. It was fun. But, I would have done the same myself. But, and that was great. And to see, and, and to be fair to Graham, when Graham come. Yeah. He, we started talking and he says, this is how we're going to play. And he started training and he was kicking the balls long. And, and I'm gone. And I remember going to see him and I'm saying, Graham, I said, I can't play like that. I said, yeah. I've been brought up wanting to play football. The we football the inside. Back. We don't just boot the ball up there and chase it. He went, Ali, he said, you had Brian Robson. You had Lincoln Teller. <laughs> you had Tony Brown. You could pass the ball to them. Yeah. We haven't got anything like that, and you'll find out in this in this league. Get the ball in their half, get them turned, and with much his pace, because Bully hadn't turned up then. Yeah. With much his pace, we'll make things happen. Then, of course, Bully comes, and a month after, or two weeks after, I remember going back into his office and I says, "Hold my hands up. I can only apologise. I can see exactly what you're doing. You can see it's going to happen, and that's that's when he made me captain." No. And then from, from then on, me and Graham, it was great to see him how he changed the lads. And and it, and it was almost, uh, because that, you know, I started supporting Wolves sort of 87, 88. And, and, and for me, the, the it was it was pretty instantaneous, really. And that, that season, we, we walked the fourth division. We then played Burnley in the Sherpa Van Trophy final. And everybody... <coughs> can still remember that picture vividly in the mind of you holding aloft the Sherpa Van Trophy. And, and do you know what? I think they brought the, the players' song out, we're back. And, and it was yeah. a case of, after such a demise through the 80s, it was a case of being back. And I think there was no better culmination uh, after that fourth division championship winning season to get to Wembley and beat Burnley. What was that, what was that day like for you, Ali? Oh, like, again, you don't realise... How much it means to supporters. Yeah. Like we we've gone down the night before. We're we're in the bus coming to Wembley, and you're driving there. You're thinking, well, what's it got to be? Final, this, that, whatever. All of a sudden, about three miles from Wembley, we're just stuck in traffic jams, and everything is just golden black. Yeah. No matter where you look, it was golden black, and you looked at everybody, and you're thinking. This shows you what it must mean to fans in the club. Now, yes. you must remember, my first game at the Wolves, I think the first crowd was 2,600, I think, something like that. that right. The crowd had gone that low. And then to see us, the first year we missed out on promotion, and I'm glad that we did. Yeah. That was the oldest shot playoffs, wasn't it, I believe? Yes. 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 And it's, uh, I'm glad that we did, because that just put us there. And then the next year... We had a fantastic year. It brought in two and three, four new lads. We got everything going. Bully, Mutchie, Robbie, Tomo, everybody was there. Floyd Street was playing out his skin. He was absolutely brilliant. 
and you could see everything happening. The only thing that I look back and think, how sad, I just wish I'd been two or three years younger and we could have gone to the first division. Ali, do you like, know we, what? We could have gone all the way to the first division. I was, I was about that to... That would have been... Oh. Listen, I was about to say that. It's 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 funny for you because you're 34 and almost it's you've got... a. a you know, a, a great new opportunity again. We, you know, we climb. I mean, that day at Wembley, you talk about the crowd. Eighty thousand eight hundred and forty-one there that day. Yeah. Fifty thousand Wolves yeah. fans, and you know, we were a sleeping giant, and you played a great part in that. The only disappointment for you in that final was coming off injured, because I believe you come off yeah. in the early in the well, second half injured, for Jackie Gallagher. Just before half time, right? And I went in and they said, "Well, you can't." Say, no, I'm going back out. I'm going back out. But I knew myself, I couldn't play. I just I knew I was I was absolutely in, in that much pain. It was untrue, but to sit there then watch it and see the goals and see it going in, it was incredible to be part of it. And all my brothers were at the game. Okay. And they, they could not believe that a fourth division club, yes, <laughs> like this, had got fifty odd thousand fans in the ground. They couldn't believe it, and they thought they were going to come down to this. Shepherdman final with twenty thousand crowd. Yeah, yeah. They could not believe how fantastic the crowd were, and to me, to this day, the greatest thing ever was when we come back to Wolverhampton on the Sunday. The turnout was incredible. Oh, I remember being in the town. Oh my yeah. word! And to me, you know, when we got promotion back to the chap, back to the Premiership. Yes, and. We all went. We all went there that day. About when was it? About ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And we all. I remember going to Wolverhampton and watching it all, and I just said, "This is nearly as good as us at the Shepherdman." I remember walking. I remember going into town because I didn't go to the '88 final because my, my first match wasn't till '89. But I remember going through town that day, and it was you could not move, and you guys were no. going through on the bus, and it, it was such. It just. It just brought so much pride back to the town and it just showed yeah. how big that club was and when you lifted that trophy up Ali is part of you thinking Ron Saunders I hope you're watching correct <laughs> the first thing I did when I got back yeah I said to all the, the Albion lads I says bloody hell I've won something <laughs> I says bloody hell I says we've won something I says there we go we can and to be fair to all the lads, like Cyril and everybody, they all thought it was great because Cyril did the same. He left and won the cup at Coventry. Yes, of course. And for everybody to move on, like Brian Robson moves on and wins everything with Man United and everything. And that is something that you just want players that you know to win something. Yes. And, and it's and... just... And to see the lads' faces was brilliant. And I always remember walking out to Wembley and we're all getting ready to walk out. I remember saying to them all, this is for these lads out here, lads, so come on, don't let them down. Yeah. And, I, and it was brilliant to walk out and see that. And Ali, let me tell you something, you did not let us down. And that that's the thing, I interviewed Graham Turner a few months back and he said exactly the same thing. You won the fourth, you won the third. When when you went up, you know, at, at that point, you're, you're then, you know, 36, 37. But wouldn't it have been nice? And Graham said this, just to complete that journey to the top yes. flight, what an amazing story that would have been. Well, what was great, like, we, we, we had played Preston North End at the end of the season and then we got promoted in the second. But yep. my contract was up. 
And it was so funny, I thought I was finishing. Well, when we turned up at Preston for the game, I've got, they've got these big banners, Ali's Tartan Army. And I'm looking, what on earth is this? So I'm saying to the lads, what Scottish so-and-so plays for Preston? I went, don't know. I said, look, it's all Ali's Tartan Army. Yeah. It was all my, fa- it was all my family had come down because they thought that was going to be my last game. And they had phoned up Graham to say, by the way, Ali won't be coming back on the bus. We're all, we're having, we're all in a big hotel oh. and we're all having a big party. Oh, and brilliant. When, when, when I then started looking and seeing it was my brothers and sisters, you thought, bloody hell, what's happening? And it was one of the best nights ever. Do you remember the old red book that they used to do and read your life out? This is your life, yes. This is your life. Eamon Andrews. That's what, they, that's, what they, that's what they did. Oh. She had made this book and she had started it from when I was three years old and she'd got pictures of us, all the things that we had done all through her life. And it was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, I mean, what what a fitting end, Ali. To, to what a fitting end to such a great career. What I was going to say was being, hello, you know, hello. can you hello, hear me? Yes, I, oh, you got me. Sure. What a fitting end to a great career, Ali. Now, obviously, we know you've still got the Scottish action. A proud Scottish man. You but didn't. Wait, can I just say something there first as well, Jess? Yes. Right. When when we come back to training, we've done a bit of training. We went and we went on to Spain, I think, on holiday and whatever. Yeah. And. That was me finished. And I remember Graham coming to me and says, uh, I'm giving you another year contract. I went, you what? <laughs> I'm giving you another year's contract. I went, another year contract? I says, I'm knackered. He says, no, no, no. He says, you'll play the first few games, he says, but you're in the dressing room. I want you in the dressing room. Yes. Now, that to me meant more than anything. Yeah. That you could... And for Graham to put me there and like that, and I thought, that is brilliant. That you, is fantastic. For you to pass that experience on and, you know... To, uh, yeah. So, like I said, proud Scottish Manali. How, um, after playing 18 years, you know, in, uh, at West Brom, you, surely at, at, at points during that career, you must be thinking, do you know what, I'm due a Scotland call-up, you know. Was that's there the ever... Was you ever close? That's the only thing I gain in life. Everybody wants to either... Win the FA Cup, win the league, and play for your country. Yes. Those are the things that you all want to do. And I'd played for Scottish schoolboys, I'd played for the youth team, but then I just I just got mentioned for the under-21s, but that's when I broke my leg. Yes. And then it just seemed to be, when I broke my leg, everything just went backwards. Yeah. And I always remember... 77, 78. My best years were 75, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80. Those were my best years by far. Yes. And what a great team we had. Well, Willie Johnson was with us, and Scotland were going to Argentina in the World Cup. Yes, 78, yeah. Willie Johnston was there, and Ali McLeod, who was manager, he must have come and seen us about 10 times. And Willie Johnston kept on telling me, he says, Ali, he's puts you so high it's untrue and I think he says you must have a chance here you must have a chance then do you remember they used to put 40 players in the squad yeah and then choose break it down to was it 22 I think it was yeah 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 40 players in the squad and I wasn't in one of them oh and, and I'm looking I'm thinking there's players from Montrose are <laughs> and I'm thinking hold on we were second in the premiership in the, in the yeah. first division 
I'm like, how on earth am I not just in the 40 squad? And that 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 really broke my heart because I thought, well, that's me. If I don't get in now in the way I was playing, yes, never get in. And that's the one thing you look back in life and you think, why? But the one great thing for me was years years after. Do you remember when West Brom beat uh, Man United five three at Man United? Yes. We had a thing afterwards, and but but two two years after, with a big do, and he brought Bucket and McCur- and McCur- down to uh, West Brom. Yeah. And Big Ron stood up in front of them and said, "Cannot believe how you kept him out of the Scotty side because he's a better defender than you two together." <laughs> and I've looked at Big Ron. I thought he's picking them in his side. Yeah. And. He's actually said that in front of people here. Yes. And that, to me, you think, good God, if that's what he thought, I feel I feel like saying to him, can't you give Ali, uh, Ali McLeod a phone? Yeah. <laughs> see, if, see if you can change his mind. And uh, when, after you'd left uh, Wolves Alley, and all of a sudden, the, the, the Jack Hayward comes and waves his magic wand, and like you said, your first day in the changing rooms, you're getting changed next to a, a cockroach and a field mouse. Next thing you know, that stadium then turns into, you know, what we've got today, 28,000-seater yeah, stadium. Yeah. How much pride did you look back on thinking, do you know what, you played your part in the journey to get us there? Oh, to me, I kept on saying, and this is the bits that I used to have a laugh with all the Wolves people and all the Wolves supporters and everything. I used to have a great laugh with them all. And that, the one thing I can actually say that both supporters I got on well with. Yes. And I do got on well with both supporters. And I used to laugh with all the Wolves lads. I used to say, do you not feel bad that really four Albion fans saved, four Albion players saved you? <laughs> that was the laughs that I used to have. Yeah. And, and they, they used to say, no, Wolves made Bully, made Tomo, made Robert Jennison. Albion didn't. <laughs> completely right. Completely true. And that's the bits that I, I just laugh with them and I just go, it just would have been great just for that, my last season, just to get into the first division yeah. and just to show a crowd from 2000. And when we left, there was 50-odd thousand. There was one game, was it 39,000 at the, the Wolves? And you look and you think, how great a club yes. has come back to that. And we were having that crowd, and we were having bigger crowds than Albion and Blues. Yeah, Villa would always normally beat us, but... We were getting bigger crowds than those, and we were in the lower divisions. And it just showed how how it was turned round. You know, the, the the transformation on and off the pitch from when you sort of joined and when you left was almost um, un, unrecognisable, almost. Um, and and oh, you know what, you Ali? Could not, you could not have looked the day I walked in until the day I walked out. Yeah. The difference in a club. And to be fair to Graham, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And I'll always say I've got I've had three great managers in my life, Johnny Giles, Big Ron and Graham. Oh. And being so lucky that you're part of those you're part of those people's teams. Yes. And it was great to be because again you've probably heard all the lads. But when I joined when I joined Wolves, the dressing room was dead. And when I say dead, yeah. There was nobody went out together, nobody talked to each other, nobody did anything. And that's, I used to say to them, what happens when we finish training? Nothing, why? And I says, right, we're going to start going for a couple of drinks. Then 
And he asked Bully and Tom, and I started the Tuesday Club. The infamous Tuesday <laughs> Club. Yeah. The Tuesday Club. And I said to them all, I said, we used to do this on a Thursday at West Brom, but we'll do it on a Tuesday at Wolves. Come on. So Tuesday is our day. And then you could see the difference in the character and the attitude and all the lads at training, and the whole thing changed. Graham used to come to me and say, where on earth do you go to? I said, oh, we're not telling you because you might want to come. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> and he, but he could see the whole team, the, the character and the charisma and the help. We all, we'd all kill for each other in the park. And, and, and for, from that to the first day that Graham come, to see that change, how it did change, brilliant. And it was quite... And in... the old five-a-sides on the car park, wasn't of it? Of course. Oh, Again, oh, yeah, all I was going to say was about the Tuesday Club. It was, um, you know, building that camaraderie off the pitch. And I know Graham used to get letters and phone calls because obviously there wasn't emails and texts then. Letters and phone calls, your players are out. And he said, you know, you'd he, he, never stop it. He says because they was doing the business on the pitch. But I also believe you, you used to take it to the next level, Ali. And, you, you know, you ended up, some of these lads had never ventured out of Wolverhampton. And all of a sudden you're in Birmingham. Correct. And like, Graham used to say to me, he, he would pull me and go, I've had 20 odd phone calls. And I went, yeah, but we didn't, we didn't, the one thing, the one thing that all through my life never caused any problems. Yeah. We got very merry, we laughed, we joked, we did everything, but nobody ever got in any trouble. Yeah. If any trouble was in it, ready to start, I'd say, come on lads, we're moving somewhere else. Yeah. And we'd go somewhere else. And we never, ever, ever ended up with any problems. And that's what I say to Graham. And I used to say to Big Ron when we used to do it at West Brom. I used to say, as long as we don't get any problems, we'll have a great time. And the camaraderie between all the lads yes. will stick out at a mile. And you could see it at the Wolves. You could see it completely change. And everybody, we used to train on a Tuesday that hard. It was a hard day's training. But I used to say to them all, if you don't train right, you're not coming today. Yeah. You're not coming tonight. So you had to do... The hard, hard training, but then we'd all have a laugh. We all went out, we'd have a drink, we'd have a laugh. It was great. Absolutely brilliant. And I used to say to them all, now what you must remember, boys, I'm like your dad. You've got to look after me. You've got to look after me. I can't do the things like you youngsters, so you've got to look after me. Flipping, actually. And they all used to look out. The laugh was brilliant. Actually, at that point, Ali, you are 35, 36, and there's players in the squad which are, you know, 18, 19. You are old enough to be a couple of the players' dads. That's, that's what I said. I said to them, I said, I could be your dad, so what you've got to do is buy me the drinks. <laughs> and you, you've just alluded to that, that those those days on the on the car park on a Friday, so you got the Tuesday club on a Friday. You know, what's really strange back then, it's the day before a game, we're winning week in, week out, bully scoring goals for fun, yet... Part of the quirkiness of it all is you're on a shale car park at the back of the North Bank, moving cars out the way. I mean, yeah. that must have, you know, it must have been quite strange to you from training on a great young, training young, ground to that. Versus, but it was youngsters versus old ones. And we, the tackles, I'd like to say to them, on a Friday or whatever, you still do your tackles, you still do everything. It's when you pull out, that's when you get injured. Yes. You've still got to do everything today as what you've got to do tomorrow. And it was, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And the laughs that we had, and nobody ever, nobody got badly injured, nobody ever, but the, the tackles that everybody had together, and it was great, but you could see 
that that's what meant on a Saturday as well. Yeah. Absolutely, Ali. Absolutely. I mean, listen. As a Wolves fan growing up, they were fantastic memories for me. And if if you can look back on that amazing career, which lasted probably somewhere in the region of nearly thirty years, um, if you can look back on that career, eighteen great years at West Brom, four unbelievable years at Wolves, you know, which culminated in three medals and three trophies. What's the highlight of you? What what you know? What do you look back on? And it brings a huge smile to that face. Wembley. It was brilliant. That'll that'll never be beaten, because the other thing to me for that was Albion against Oldham and got promotion back to the first division, and like to go to Oldham away from home and see these eighteen thousand or twenty eight thousand Albion fans there, and we win. We had to win to go up. Yeah. If we had drawn or lost and Bolton had won, we wouldn't go up. So we had to win. And we won. And to see the fans, absolutely brilliant. And that was the same at Wolves. To see the fans celebrate how they do, it's absolutely... You can't can't have anything better. No, you can't. You can't have anything better. That's part of your life that you look back and you think to yourself, if only. Other games, if only. But you're so lucky that you got there and you did it. And it was... To see, it's like you say, for me, to see the Wolves come from rock bottom to the top, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And everybody will say to me now, well, who do you support? I says, I support both clubs. I says, I love both clubs. I says, do you remember the 5-1 game at Molyneux? Flipping it, don't I? <laughs> well, well, I went on the Albion buses with the supporters and we got to the ground before and they all says, come on. What scores it got to be today? I says, I don't care less if it's five one the Wolves, five one the Albion. <laughs> as long as the two of us stop up, I don't care less. I says yes. because I love both clubs and I want both clubs to stop up. And the Albion fans are going, but you can't say that. I went, oh, I can. I love both clubs. I says, I love them. I says, I've got as much things with the Wolves yes. as I have with the Albion. Yes. I says so. I says don't don't say that. I should put Albion above Wolves because I wouldn't do it. And I even even though you, you was at the, the the Wolves, clearly, you know, a quarter of the time you was at West Brom, it, it still holds a massive place in your heart, doesn't it, Ali? Of course it does because it's a horrible thing to say, but from the Wolves, all we had was promotion, promotion, promotion. Yes. We won, one, 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 one. Yes, yes, we yes. Never, we were never like that. We were a great side at the Albion and we should have done much better. But to go to a club like Wolves with the supporters and like you say, like I said earlier, to see it start from two thousand to over thirty odd thousand fans back, brilliant. Well wow. you could walk into the town and everybody, Whoa, well done, well done. Brilliant. Brilliant. And do you think do you think the West Brom fans have uh, forgiven you for crossing the divide and joining the Mighty Wolves? But they 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 could see why. Yeah. And it's and it's like I say to them, I say, Now you must remember it's not the Wolves' fault. It's the Albion's fault. Yeah. I said, you can only blame Albion because they're the ones that threw me out. Well, I'll tell you what, I Ali. So, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, West Brom's loss is uh, most certainly during that time for the experience you brought to the club was Wolves' game. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, I just that made me so much higher. Yeah. That made me walk 
through West Brom, through Wolves, and I knew that we had changed that much at the Wolves. Yes. And for me, Albion had changed that much as well. They had gone down because they went from the first, second, third. Yeah. So they had gone down that way and we, we had gone up the way and you think, yes, how great was that? <laughs> Ali. And, I did, and a lot of, a lot of the fans used to say to me, I said, no, I said, put me in that position where you treated me like a piece of dirt yes. and threw me out of the club after 18 years, couldn't care where I was going. Yeah. Now, if I had been in that club and I would say to them, like, come on, you're good, but come on, we'll find a club for you. Now, if they'd done that and found me a club and this, that, whatever, you'd feel completely different. Yes. But to just kick you out, but where, where can I go? You know, there you go, trap. And that is the bits that you look into... Then see Wolves, and anything happened like that at Wolves, we made sure that if anybody was getting cleared out, we would help them find some way and do something. Yes. Well, Ali... And that's how football should be. And that's how, it, that's how a, a good club should be. Because all players, and we all know, it's, once you've done your time, it's time to go. Yes. But there's a right way of going. And that is where I look back in life and I think, how many players get misjudged in a way and not the not put put outright. Yeah. But to see Wolves build was brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. Well the the, the good thing is with it all, Ali, you 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 obviously left Wolves on a high. Um and you know what, I want to thank you personally obviously on your you know for your time on the podcast today. And I want to personally thank you for representing our club, for crossing that divide, for making a huge difference and playing a, an absolutely massive captain's role in the revival of our great club so thank you for your time today Ali and you are welcome back as you know on this podcast anytime that's great Jace thanks ever so much for having me and just hope we can win something just hope we can win something do you know what Ali by you just calling us we that's good enough for me my friend good lad cheers Ali cheers Jace thanks ever so much son